You may recognize my guest today from gracing your TV set. She was a cast member of Mad TV for five seasons. She also portrayed the first-rate world-class journalist who anchored the award-winning Pawnee Today on Parks and Recreation, and she's currently starring as Sarah Rabinowitz in AMC's Fear the Walking Dead. Please welcome to the Fast Friends podcast, Mo Collins. Mo, thanks so much for coming on. Well, thanks for having me. Of course. I I do apologize. I did have to give the abbreviated version of your credits. Yeah, uh, Logan, that's a bit of a crappy start if you're trying to be my friend don't you think (laughs) yeah well you know what we'll do after we're done recording i'll just read your imdb profile and it'll be on the patreon for all of the paying members i don't know if you really have time for that that's a long list (laughs) it is a long list it is a long list well i really appreciate you taking time to come out and talk to me today i wanted to just ask like first of all where where are you and what are you doing how's your week going oh well i am somewhere between los angeles and new york in a in a underground bunker are you near a portillo's portillo's wait what's a portillo's Oh, it's a restaurant here in Chicago. Are you in Chicago? I'm in Chicago. Yeah. Oh man, Chi-Town. I love Chicago. It's a fun place. It's a fun place. I'm from Minneapolis, so that was a good road trip. Yeah. I also got to eat at a Red Robin last night for the first time since the pandemic. So I'm honestly like cruising into the weekend, like on cloud Yeah, it feels good to kind of be re-entering the world, doesn't it? It's invigorating and scary as hell all at the same time. I totally agree. Yeah. I think we have some PTSD we all have to deal with. We we shouldn't lie to ourselves and say that what we went through wasn't absolutely traumatic because it was, is, I mean, it's traumatic. It is. Shoot. That's a change of life there. Yeah. And we all, we all did it and we fought through it, which was horrible. We're still fighting. It's just like still PTSD, man. We all need some self-care. We do. I encourage therapy and I like started yeah. that again during all of this, of course. So Mo, I know that we've known each other for about seven minutes, maybe now. Um <laughs> When I, I wanted to just make sure that you kind of understood the premise and um, what was going to happen during the, the rest of the recording. This is not necessarily an interview. It's like a conversation because um, it's yeah. sort of like speed dating-ish. So like Gina from The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Uh, and I'm so glad you brought that up because I want to get <laughs> I want to talk about Gina um, in a little bit. One of the most memorable performances in my mind of like, and you know, it's like a really small role, but like what an amazing role. Thank you. Yeah, so it's sort of like speed dating, like Gina, but over the course of time, we've been listening to fan feedback. So we're going to actually put a little more structure and, and kind of break things out into three rounds. So there'll be one round, the first round where we just talk about you. I learn about you, like where you were from, what was growing up like, how did you get into doing what you're doing, all that stuff. The second round will be a tribute to one of my favorite fast food chains, Arby's. They used to have this deal in the 90s called Five for Five, where you get five roast beef sandwiches for $5. And so I will get to ask you five questions. You will get to ask me five questions, which we both must answer truthfully. Oh, Oh, wow. Okay. And then in the third round, I've created a custom activity with your background in mind for for us to participate in. Fun. Yeah. And then we'll kind of seal things by this. um, I'm really into nostalgia. One of my favorite things to do is use a paper fortune teller and we'll pick the last activity based on that. Ooh. And then I'll wrap things up by putting you on the spot and saying like, hey, are we friends or not? I love it. That's kind of how the show will flow. Now yeah, let's flow. Hi, I'm Logan Cummins. I'm a former pro wrestling creative, a mediocre stand-up comedian, and a ranch dressing aficionado who lives beyond my means. This is my weekly podcast where I set out to make friends with each and every one of my guests. Sometimes it works. Other times, not so much. Mm. 
So this is one of the worst questions to ever get on a job interview, but I feel like it's asking every single time that I have a job interview. So I'm going to ask you, in 30 seconds or less, tell the people, who is Mo Collins? Mo Collins is a Midwest-born artist, nicknamed Mo, real name Maureen. She's a, a problem solver. She is a, a laugher. She is a, a deep thinker. She's a political activist. She's an animal lover, a tree hugger, and a real mother trucker. <laughs> Do you get called Maureen when you're in trouble? Does anybody call you Maureen? <laughs> My husband calls me Maureen. My family calls me Maureen. Just select people call me Maureen, but not when I'm in trouble. Not when you're in trouble? No. So my legal first name is not Logan. It's Carl. It's actually Carlos. As you can see, I'm very Hispanic. Yeah. So I have four nephews and they started calling me Carl instead of Logan, which was like, no one ever called me that, right? Yeah. Except like at the doctor's office or like when I was applying for student loans, things like that. And so now that's like, I'm literally Uncle Carl and everyone else calls me Logan. So I had to ask. But my wife did used to call me Carl when I would get in trouble when we would be drinking. Oh, Lord. It was like my alter ego. Yeah. So, so you were born in, in Minnesota. Yep. Or Minnesota nice, I'm assuming. Midwest is the best, quite honestly. I wouldn't have wanted to grow up anywhere else. I don't know about you. I feel very fortunate with my upbringing. Very fortunate. So when you were born, well, not right when you were born, as a child, like, did you already know that, hey, like, I want to do, I want to be an artist. I want to do something and entertain people. No, when I was real little, I thought I was going to be a visual artist, a painter. And that's really, honestly, the acting. I started doing improv in eighth grade. It was a thing I loved, but it didn't become a serious thing until years later after, you know, being asked to leave the college. And um, I went, well, what's that thing I loved? It's improv. And I started classes again at Dudley Riggs. And before long, a check was in my hand and I went, I guess this is what I do. But I still paint and stuff. So I just sort of consider myself still just an artist as a person. Can you tell me about the first time you did improv? Like, how, how did that come to be? Because I like I didn't yeah. even know improv was a thing when I was growing up. Honestly, it's the greatest blessing of my life because I was the shyest kid in school. Like if I heard my name, I turned beet red. My ears would burn terrible. And there was a teacher named Ertwin Marvin Jones Hermiting or Mr. Hermiting or Herm or Ert. And uh, he was the football coach and the drama coach. And he was putting together an improv troupe five people and um he pointed at me in the hallway i don't know why and he said hey mo now back then my name is maureen and i thought oh i would not want to be that guy because he's yelling, <laughs> hey who's mo he sounds like mo's in trouble get over here and sign up for this and he was pointing at me so i signed up for it i had to sing a song i had to do a comedy pantomime and then i got in an improv group and before you know it you know he split my personality down the middle from Maureen and Mo, and gave me a personality that was, I guess, waiting to get out, that was allowed to get up on stage and be this extrovert. And the comedy started, you know, I, I was writing it, I was doing improv, and um, I just kept doing it. Was that like a school, like a school specific group? Or did you perform like outside of school and in the community? We did. Even though I was in junior high, we were performing at high schools, which was pretty cool. And then also the, there, there was a massive summer school program that Mr. Hermiting ran as well. And we would just write and produce and put together this huge program every summer. So it was... It was just a pure fantasy that became reality. That's that's awesome. Okay, so you kept doing improv the whole time that you were like in high school. You obviously the college asked you to leave. I'm sure there's a story there. I would love to hear that. Where was college and and why did you why were you asked to leave? Oh, how dare you, Logan? Um, St. <laughs> Catharines in St. Paul, Minnesota. And uh, at the time, you know, I wanted to still be a, a a visual artist and I had my portfolio together, but my 
my parents made me go to this college and um, friends of mine who were also in the arts program over there, uh, we got high one night and uh, we took our art to the walls is what we did. But it was chalk. It washes right off. We did beautiful Greek figures and existential poetry all over the wall. And uh, yeah, so I was brought in by the sisters and asked um, if I was going to change. <laughs> and I said no. So it was sort of like it was a change or leave. And I wasn't going to change. I liked my artistic path better. So that was it. Bye-bye. That bye. was it. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, so that was still in Minnesota. Yes. Were there like must-see TV shows, movies, et cetera, radio programs, whatever, that like really inspired you that you that you had to like watch or like be part of when you were growing up? Carol Burnett had to. Saturday nights, you know, had to. Yeah. And obviously watching her, it just seemed like a dream, a dream thing to do. I guess the point here is dreams do come true, you know? Do you guys hear that? Dreams do come true. They do. That is proof right there. I did not know it was possible when I was yeah. watching that show, but I thought, boy, oh boy, that is the life. Yeah. You know, hanging out with your friends, making comedy, and trying really hard not to laugh. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> what was it that eventually made you leave Minnesota? Well, first I went to Florida and I worked down at uh, Disney MGM and Pleasure Island for a couple of years. Went back to Minnesota, did theater, started even a little bit of stand-up back into just the comedy world and theater. And then uh, in, uh, who, what was that, 98, 97, somewhere around there, uh, ventured out to L.A. because I knew I had to do more than what was happening up in Minneapolis. I decided to have faith in myself and take that ride. I want to ask about this. So I do stand-up. Um, I'm actually, like, terrified of improv. <gasps> Yeah, I've tried like a couple workshops, but um, so, so you said that you did stand up a little bit. Obviously, I, I feel like you um, have always gravitated towards more like improv, sketch, etc. What are things you like or dislike about either of them? Well, I mean, obviously, improv, it's the ensemble factor is just super, super fun. On the other hand, stand up, the rewards are all yours, which is a massive feeling if you get that right. You know, it's like huge victory. Yeah, they're different beasts for sure. But also my stand-up is very influenced by improv. I'm very loose. I don't sit and write jokes. I'm not a joke teller. I'm a storyteller and I'm a engage with the audience kind of performer. My favorite part of, you know, when I was actually going out and headlining, which was after Mad TV, I really like the playtime with the audience. Like I'd take a good, I don't know, 10 minutes at least to just play with the audience because then what I'm actually doing too is I'm gathering for the rest of my act to pull in information of theirs and put it into my own stories as they were just to draw it in and and they love that you know it makes yeah. it um, organically catered to them yeah I go back to like something that you said earlier about like your face turning red and your ears burning like when your name is called like in, yeah. in school and so I think like for me because the time I'm, I'm similar to that yeah. Like I like doing stand up because I feel like it's almost like almost an alter ego. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like me and I'm there and I'm doing this and I'm probably like you. I don't really write jokes. I do more like storytelling. But the idea of improv and like being the person to potentially like mess something up or like not, you know, like if something's like purring along and then it's like there's a lull and it was like because of me, like that would make me feel so tiny. Oh, well, here's what you got to understand about the lull, Logan. You know, think about waves, right? That wave has to go back out in order to come back in. Yeah. Those lulls are there because you cannot maintain up at that 
peak. It does, it's really not meant to work that way. You know, you got to give your audience that chance to kind of breathe a little bit and then you come back. But it's it's surfing. It's surfing the comedy waves. Don't let the lull scare you. In fact, I really think there's great comedy gold in that lull. You know, that's that be in the now space and just kind of see what's going on there, whether it's going on with you, going on with the audience or the lull isn't a bad place to be. Maybe I should try it again. But man, it's like there's just this incredible amount of fear. It's like because bombing at stand up like, you know, that's one thing because it's like you. But like to bring everyone down, I would feel I don't know. Maybe I should try it again. I think you should try it again. You know what? I will. Do you love it, though? Do you love it? Yeah, I love stand up. I started stand up at a really late age. So I was like 35 the first time I ever even tried it. Yeah. I have like a, I guess a professional career that is not comedy. So because of that, like I don't get to do it nearly as much as I want. Cause as you yeah. probably are aware, it's a late night person's game. It's Definitely. a, yeah. it's a grind game, right? It's like, you can't do it once a week and like be great at it. And that's what I, it's like kind of a hobby for me more than yeah. a grind, you know? But yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. I, I'm actually getting ready to try to pick up a series of shows back in my hometown that would run like four times a year because it would make me sit down and write all new material. Perfect. Yes. It's good to have that out there for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're trying right now to finalize a show for October. We've had some venue challenges, stuff like that, but yeah, it's a blast. Well, I'm excited. Uh, It's terrifying, but it's a blast. Yeah. It has to be that way. It has to be that terrifying thing. Yeah. Or the payoff wouldn't be there when it. Yeah. I I just, and you know, don't forget part of it is just adrenaline too, but I always feel like when life has you in that place, you know, when terrifying is really just about you attempting something not dangerous for yourself, but, um, satisfying for yourself when you're fearful of that, that's also to me telling you to do it. Yeah, to get out of your comfort zone yeah. and try something new. Because yeah. what if I had never tried it? I wouldn't even know. Exactly. Aren't you glad you tried it? Absolutely. Yeah. You know who's not? My parents. <laughs> yeah, I get that. <laughs> I mean, it's not for them. No. They live a very different life than me. So No, my, my, my parents and really my family, doesn't. they, they don't want to see my stand-up. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. So sorry. It's, I feel like we're all over the place. So you, you go out to LA. Did you have something already lined up or you're like, nope, I got to like figure out when I get there, yeah. but, I, but I just know I need to be there. Me and my two-year-old son. Yeah. My husband at the time was on the road with Stomp and I just, uh, I was like, yeah, I got to go try this. So no, I, I had some friends out there. We'd actually, we did it. We wrote a show, put it up, tried to get casting and people into it and got a commercial agent out of it. And it just sort of started. But the cool thing is that the show that my friends and I put up, a casting person of value, great value, came to see it. And she is uh, Cara Coslow, and she's responsible for getting me the Mad TV audition. Where did, um, I'm really bad at like remembering where things fell from a year's perspective. So 40-Year-Old Virgin probably happened after Mad TV or yeah, towards Mad the end. Yeah, Mad TV was the first big thing I did. Yeah, 98. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about Mad TV. So okay. I feel like there are a couple of things I want to, obviously you had some very, very memorable roles. The shows like this blow my mind with the amount of talent of people, you know, that are like working and writing and performing and producing and all of that. One, obviously I think one that everybody associates with you, including Kenny, my producer is Stuart's mom, Doreen Larkin. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. But, um, it just came right back, didn't it? Well, yeah, it's in there, isn't it? <laughs> 
so like characters like that and then I want to get into Lorraine too because I I was a big Lorraine fan sweet <laughs> with how much of those characters were like the writers versus people like you and Michael McDonald making the characters your own or did it start like more from the writers and then you like embraced it and uh, talk to me about that okay well both I mean you you can't really do a show like that without coming with some original characters I mean that's what the audition was you know I auditioned with Lorraine and Trina and uh oh Scotty girl was her name so and then impressions you know but it is part of your job to always be creating new original characters but at the same time yeah the writers too are saying hey I had this idea for a character can we kind of flush it out you want to see if we can find something so it was both you know it was a comedy factory you have to put everything through it you got to try out everything because god there's just so much content we were putting forth every week you know yeah, and I, I think that's one thing is people don't um, – and maybe they understand it a little more now with like all of the weird content distribution channels like TikToks and the YouTubes and all that. But like you were literally cranking out a full-length show on a weekly basis. You we know, were. I mean exactly like Saturday night. Like not exactly, but you know, it's like people and, – and that's one of the questions I wanted to ask you here in a minute. So I'll just jump there. I feel like of the two, Mad TV kind of gets this sort of like – redheaded stepchild bastardization a little bit compared to SNL. Do you yeah. think that was like from the fact that like it didn't air live? Like what what do you think drove that? Because when you Fox. look at it, the that's it. It was Fox. Fox. We're the bastard child of Fox. You know, that was the problem. Our fans were amazing and still are. But yeah. our trouble back then was that Fox didn't give a crap. That is the truth. You know, they didn't support us. They just every year cutting the budget, you know, it was like doing everything but making us completely disappear. And the reason we didn't completely disappear earlier is because we have amazing fans. But, you know, they just didn't let us blossom, you know, and unfortunately, the timing of the Internet You know, it's like we were the first ones really doing music parody videos like the Shakira one I did, for example. We didn't have YouTube yet. Really, like these things weren't started that would have propelled our show and the actors and the ideas, you know, like Dick in a Box did for SNL. You know, Um, (laughs) yeah, we had a big fat fox thumb on us. And, um, you know, it's also like they they made it difficult. And this was some of the producers of our show, too, that just weren't letting the individual actors sort of spread their wings and be going and doing other projects where that to me is just sort of like if we have exposure somewhere else, we're going to bring that person into Mad TV audience. But really, it, it was Fox. We were late night Fox. They didn't advertise us. So you had to find us. And if you found us, God bless. We're so glad to have you because <laughs> we just didn't have the support. That, and it's sad, like, because for people listening that may be younger than me, the other thing to point out is not only did you not have YouTube or like the TikToks or all of that stuff, you didn't have DVR really, or yeah. it wasn't widely adopted. You didn't have uh, streaming services, no, right? None. So it was like you watched it when it was live or you watched it when it happened to rerun later in the season when, yeah. if you were on a hiatus or you taped it like yeah. literally on a VHS tape. That's, that was that's it. why like on YouTube, what you will <laughs> see is like somebody held up their camera to their TV, you know, so it's real crappy quality. And it's also extremely limited what's out there. Although I do know that, is it all of the seasons? I think maybe all of the seasons seasons are now streaming on HBO Max. Oh, cool. I did not know that. That's awesome. Haven't seen a dime from it, but yeah, I got (laughs) 
Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Just wow. amazing. Not a you penny. Continue to be the redheaded stepchild. Just but incredible. This time it's you specifically. Yeah. Um, it's it's incredible. Like six seasons of a television show, bringing in an entirely new generation of fans to this show. Crazy. And not a cent. Wow. Crazy. You gotta love this business. <laughs> I do want to touch on Lorraine just real quick because, like I said, I was a big Lorraine fan, and I want to ask your opinion. Obviously, Lorraine had the—I uh, don't know how to describe it, but maybe like a throat clear. <laughs> like a, oh, yeah, this oh. <laughs> is so creepy. I, I remember there was one like where I think you were inside like a buffet bar. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, that's like my visual that I get anytime my family wants to go to like a Golden Corral. Yeah. So thank you for that. Oh, no problem. <laughs> No problem. She uh, wouldn't have been somebody you'd want to run into with COVID, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely not. No. She definitely, I don't think she would have made it, honestly. No. I think Lorraine may have bitten the bullet during COVID. Uh, <laughs> um, my question for you, though, is like, I remember there were, you know, you had your husband and a son and uh, videotaping a lot of this stuff. Do you think that Lorraine, like, was maybe a little before her time and could have been a huge reality personality like an Ozzy Osbourne later? Yeah, I do. You know, this is the other thing. This is like uh, a missed opportunity because our show wasn't doing film. Um, uh, yeah, and much of the that. style of, you know, Borat and all of that, which kind of came out after. Yeah, I was definitely had ideas for Lorraine film, but there's no, you yeah. know, we, we couldn't do it without the producers. So yeah, SNL was just making all these films and it's like, we absolutely could have jumped, you know, but it's spend money to make money and they didn't want to do that. Yeah, because you guys, there was zero. None of your things yeah. transitioned to a, a film where you had like the ladies' man, like no. superstar. Like those are just coming to my top of mind. But no, very, yeah. very frustrating when you know that you've got you know something that you you know people still. We're talking about it now. People still are like Lorraine needs a movie. You know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she could do it. And I take less makeup now, too, that I'm older. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that budget yeah, goes way down. <laughs> there you go. Look, you're cutting corners See? already. Totally cutting corners. So I, Mad TV, to me, I watched it as um, probably, I think I was a high school or early college kid. And the amount of people that came through there, again, I would not do it any justice to try to name a few of the names. But, man, amazing talents. Really um, talented you know, people, yeah. Yeah. So many. So I want to ask you about Joan Calamezzo. Joan is probably one of my very favorite characters that you've ever played. Uh, we are huge Parks and Recreation fans in our house. Cute. I wanted to ask how, like, did you just get called for an audition? Did you, like, had you known somebody that, like, because that show also had a lot of, like, what I would call interconnectedness, right, with, like, the writers and the stars and all that. Tell me how you, you became Joan. I auditioned. Just a regular audition. You yeah, showed up. Regular audition. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know at that point. Like I knew Amy and everything just through the improv world. But um, I don't know if she knew I auditioned or not. But once I got the gig, I think what happened was, you know, it's just Amy's running. You know, she's captain of the ship over there. And she we had a lot of fun. And so just sort of Joan just kept returning and more and more yeah. crazy. And it was always just so great because Amy was just like, keep the camera rolling. Moe's here. You know, <laughs> <laughs> just because the improv, like I, I keep going until they yell cut, you know, yeah. so until they call cut, there's words coming out of my mouth or Jones or whoever, <laughs> like, and I'm not responsible for that. <laughs> yeah. So Joan is to me, like I was thinking about this and I actually debated it with my wife. Cause again, we've watched the full show many times. I think that Joan is probably one of the best recurring characters to play Thank you. because like, not only was it just like an amazing character, but you got to interact with like almost everyone. Whereas like if you were Tammy one or Tammy two, your story was really centered around Ron. Joan got to interact with the whole cast, right? Because she was such like a pivotal part of 
the Pawnee scene. For sure. Um, yeah. And, and it's just like, how amazing was that? Like to get to do all of those things and make magic with so many, like so many other talented people, right? Oh, like you're literally talking yeah. about art, like. Yeah. You know, it's like, I always considered myself like a cousin to the family, right? That just sort yeah. of every now and then you get to come in and see all your cousins and it, it was always super fun. It's still, it's one of those shows. I know you all did like the reunion last year during yes. COVID. I don't know if you remember this or not, but I actually like lost my mind and tweeted when you showed up as Joan Calamezzo. <laughs> I tweeted at you the day of the special. Did you? And, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Because I like, I like I said, Joan was one of my very favorite characters. I love there's the scene where you're like lit into Leslie Nope for ruining the show. <laughs> uh, and then it was like the, the weird like Andy Samberg infant. Oh my gosh. Was yeah. there. Yeah. And I also, I will never, ever, ever forget the I'm gonna go powder my nose amongst other things and yeah. like Jesus Christ like just what rolling things, Joan what are you powdering <laughs> what well, is happening you have um there are great outtakes I'm sure that you've seen from from the reactions from Aziz and um Adam Scott on that so I think they pretty much you were probably there they couldn't keep their shit together no it was it was crazy <laughs> and I, you know I couldn't there was so many times that I was just oh my gosh I just had so much fun there were times I was just you know crying from laughing yeah just crying what a great what a great show so thank you for all those amazing memories in our house my pleasure i do want to pivot just real quick last thing in this first round to talk about your role on fear the walking dead i will admit that it is not a genre of tv that i watch extensively yeah um i know that the role that you play is this sort of like badass ex-marine how was that like trying to transition because it's it's definitely not as much comedy focus like how how was it you know you talked about earlier about going outside your comfort zone and like doing things that scare you a little bit were you scared to take on this role like yes. and, and what was that like how have you made it your own well you know yeah it was absolutely daunting you know the way i got the role i mean i went and auditioned it was the same day audition i was called in and i was like wow this is unusual because I don't get, didn't know the casting director, you know, she doesn't call me in and it's like, what's going on here? But I was excited because it was drama and that's something I want to do. So I went, gave a good audition and then um, they booked me and I'm brought in and I didn't realize that the producers requested me to read for the part. And here's what they said to me when I met them. They said, you know, your character Gina from 40 year old virgin. I go, yeah, get out of here. And they said her. And I said, all right, let's go stir some beef. <laughs> Seriously, that's, and of course, then Stir the Beef ended up in the script. That is how I got Sarah. So that I love that my yes and in life, you know, how, going and doing an improv role of Gina for $300 <laughs> years ago turned into Sarah Rabinowitz. You just never know where things, you know, it's like say yes to things because you just don't know what they're going to lead to. Uh, yeah. But yeah, terrifying transition. I'm not going to lie, even though I knew that my job was to bring lightness to the dark, if you will. But still doing comedy in a drama, it's different. It's not at all the the same. You still have to fit into their reality. So it was was a terrifying transition. For the first time in my life, I didn't want to be laughed at, because in this world, it would mean I'm not fitting in. Yeah. But it seems to be working out well. Is this your fifth Fourth, fifth season? My, Third, fourth? I'm bad, sorry. I start, it's all right. I'm trying to figure it out too. With COVID time, I'm confused. Yeah. I started midway through season four and okay. we just started to shoot season seven. Season seven. Okay. Right on. Yeah. Well, congratulations on Thank that. That's you. awesome. And I know that that show has also like a giant cult following. Oh my um, gosh. 
you know, it's, so it's, yeah. it's gotta be pretty awesome it's to see amazing. that, right? Like if I look at my resume, you know, what's one of the really cool things about it is that so many of the shows that I've done have like their own niche following from mm-hmm. Mad TV to like Arrested Development to Lady oh, yeah, Dynamite, did. Parks and Rec, and now, you know, Fear the Walking Dead. Great fans. Your retirement plan can be a little more solid than mine. You would be, you would kill at like Comic Con when you're done, when you decide that you're done. Like, like yeah, I've done a couple of um, Walker Stalkers, you know, but then COVID hit. But I love doing them. I love doing them. I go for professional wrestlers sometimes and yeah, it's amazing. Like the interaction that you get and all the people you get to meet. It's It's really fun. And it's funny because I would go to, you know, Walker Stalker, which is for Fear the Walking Dead, but I have all my pictures from other stuff and people who watch the show, Fear the Walking Dead, will come up and go look at my pictures and go, why do you have, why do you have Mad TV picture there? Why do you have a picture of (laughs) Stuart's mother? I'm like, because that's me. And they never made the connection. Like, you know, or Lorraine, like they've been watching me on Fear and have no idea idea they're like no no way i I love that i do love that about being i you know a character actress like i love that i disappear yeah and it's so like multi-dimensional you know what i mean like you could literally play almost anything whereas like somebody might get typecast right in a lot of roles so that's awesome to see that range yeah it's in some ways harder to get work that way because they actually don't know what you do and you when you go well i i do everything (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I do everything. And they're like, "Mm, I don't know what everything looks like. And I'm like, well, let me see what you're doing and let me give you my interpretation of it. How about that? How about you just audition me? You could absolutely. Right. That's what you're getting called for. But um, you're like the Cheesecake Factory. Like (laughs) you have this expansive menu, but actually it's all pretty good. Right. Like it's good. It's not like, you know how some people are like when you I'm very much into fast food, as you can probably tell. But like if you go to like Raising Cane's, they're like, no, we have like five things and we just make them really well. Cheesecake Factory is like, no, we do everything. And it's like above average. It might not be the very best steak you're ever going to get, but like it's a good steak or whatever. Right. I I like that. That's good. Yeah. You're the Cheesecake Factory of actresses. I'll take it. Wow. Well, thank you so much for giving us a little background on who you are. We're going to move around to uh, round two, unless you decide to tap out before then. Unless you're like, I'm done. I can't proceed. We're proceeding. We haven't we haven't scared you yet? No. Sweet. So this round, like I said, is uh, to pay tribute to one of my fast food favorites, Arby's, and their culinary creation of the five for five. We each get to ask five questions. So you can start or I can start. I have mine prepped. I don't know if you have them prepped or if you're just going to fly. I'm going to fly. Uh, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. What's the most unusual thing you put sour cream on? Sour cream. Mm, chili. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. I put it on like, so I'm I'm from the Cincinnati area originally. Okay. And we're big on like the sky. It's Skyline is my favorite chain of it, but it's Cincinnati style chili. Um, and so it goes really well on top of that. But it also is good like in a Chilito from Taco Bell or Skyline or just in a bowl of like homemade chili. It's pretty versatile. Yeah, I could put. That's sour a great cream question. On, I could put sour cream on anything. Like that's actually yeah. a challenge for me to find something that I wouldn't put sour cream on. <laughs> I was just talking to my mom last night on the phone, and she said that she doesn't buy sour cream anymore because it goes bad before she can use it and i'm like i don't she know what understand <laughs> yeah well and also then she doesn't really love sour cream because that shit don't last if you love no it. that's the no. first thing that gets opened after a grocery shop 
I need to actually get some. It's on my grocery list for this week. Yeah, um, it, it it goes into my mouth before it goes into the fridge. <laughs> it's true. It's so delicious. I have so, to. Well, one of my dreams, actually, I, it wouldn't be like a long-term job, I would hope, but I want to get hired at Taco Bell long enough to use the sour cream gun. Oh, God. Do you know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good I, item for Christmas, like a sour cream gun. Oh my, if you get it, can I just like come by and use it once? I've, t- I think I've tweeted Taco Bell. I've asked the people there, like if I could get a job there, like there it's, um, I really want the sour cream gun. Yeah. Okay. My first question for you, and this is, it's a little lighthearted. It's a fuck, Mary kill, but I need to preface that it's for the characters, not the actors that play them. Okay. So fuck, Mary kill Ron Swanson, Tom Haverford, Jerry, Larry, Terry, Gary Gergich. Jerry. You would marry, oh, oh, fuck, oh, marry, oh, oh, or wait. kill him. Okay, that's right. Tell me the second one again. Tom Haverford. Mary Ron. Oh. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, get stuff done. Um, yeah. Fuck Jerry. <laughs> wow. And then what? Oh, and kill Tom. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Tom was like a huge Joni fan. Oh, maybe, you know what? Maybe I should, maybe, maybe fuck Tom. Oh, I killed Jerry, but that's my friend. This is a yeah. terrible question. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you could just, there's just no win. Maybe there's no, no win. win on that. No, but I, I mean, yeah. I can say with certainty, Mary Ron. I thought for sure you would pick Mary Jerry because no, you had that I perfect need, home. I need things. Yeah, I, I, so do I. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. I don't need somebody for that. I just, but Ron gets things done. He does. Yeah, absolutely. And that sounds right. very appealing. All right. Your turn for question two. Okay. Would you go dumpster diving with me? Oh, absolutely. Do you mean like driving around and like foraging out of people's trash cans or like actual dumpsters behind like a business? Because I'll do either, but I'm just curious. Oh, good. Well, no, you just covered it. Like anything, like, you know, treasure hunting. Oh, yeah. I'm actually doing that this week. Not Maybe I will dumpster dive. Yeah. We're going to a flea market on Sunday. Yeah, the best. Yeah, we love that shit. Yeah. Absolutely. I would I'll, go, get, I'll, call I'll go into a dumpster too. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. Okay. I, I wouldn't know. at night. I wouldn't at night. I'm scared of raccoons. Oh, yeah. Not at night. No. Yeah. You got to be covert in the day. Yeah. <laughs> I would probably send my wife in and I would look, be like the lookout person. She's way more skilled than me. Let her do it. I shouldn't tell her that I just volunteered her to go in a dumpster, but yeah. I would absolutely go. You can call anytime. All right, cool. If you were a superhero, what would your superpower be? Oh man. My superpower would be to remove hatred. From the whole world? Yeah. That's a good one. And we could use that right now. We could. I was going to say talk to the animals and then it's like, no, I need to go bigger than that and think a little bit more beyond. For what we need, yeah. Wow, it just got deep in here. Yep, I'd like to remove the hate. That's a really good one. Yeah. <sighs> okay, All question right. three for you. Could you build me a table from raw materials without having to go to a hardware store to get those materials? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Even if I had the materials, I couldn't do it. Really? I'm very not handy. Okay. I'm not allowed to do anything around the house. Ooh, um, good to know. I could maybe build you a table out of Legos. That's but that would, table. That maybe would be it. Yeah. That yeah. counts. That counts. Okay. I'm, I hope you do not need a table uh, anytime soon. <laughs> no, I can make my own table. It's okay. I it just wanted to know if you could too. No, I can't really. Okay. Then you need me well, as a friend. I do. I, for a lot of reasons. <laughs> um, what's your go-to movie snack? Movie snack popcorn. Right on. A lot of butter? Not a no. lot. There's got to be some. Don't overdo it on the salt. But yeah, I'm kind of a basic bitch when it comes to popcorn. I don't need to throw M&M's in there, do anything fancy to it. But man, get me going on a bowl of popcorn. I did see this hack the other day, like where somebody uses a straw and puts it in the middle of the container and like puts the butter in there and like pulls it up so that it evenly distributes. Oh my gosh. 
I'm like, why didn't I learn that in college? Wow, I, I I'm a microwave popcorn girl. Mm. Simple. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I always burn it, I feel like, in the microwave. Because I want it, like, I, I'm cheap and I want all the kernels to pop. But then by the time they all pop, it's like, it's overcooked. Yeah. All right. Okay. Your turn for question four. If you could be any rock star in the world, dead or alive, who would you be? Dead or alive. Yeah. Um, when you say rock, I have to ask for specifics. Do you mean, like, any music star, period? Or do they have to, like, play their own instruments and be in a band? Let's say lead singer. Lead singer. Uh, okay. It's hard. <laughs> It is. It is. I was going to say Justin Timberlake, but they don't, they're not actually a band. I love boy bands. A, yeah. but I realize that they're not, they don't play like their own music. So I'm not, I'm, I'm going to go, um, can they be a fictional band? Fictional band? Nope. Yeah. Oh. Could be a woman too. Yeah. I think I'm going to go Gwen Stefani from No Doubt. Oh, nice. The No Doubt era. Very fun. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. Yeah. That's She's a great. fun one. I like it. I really want them to go on tour one more time so yeah. that I can see them because I never got to see them like the first go around. Yeah. Oh, good one. Thank you. My fictional band was going to be Jesse and the Rippers from Full House. <laughs> what is something that you absolutely hate doing and why? Oh, God. Mm. You know, I'm going to go with the first thing that came to my mind. It's not like the pinnacle thing, but I hate pumping gas. Oh, yeah. what about it? Because all of the pumps are different. And for some reason, and I've had this all my life, I don't want to feel stupid when I get out and pump my car and have to fumble at the pump. I mm. fe- you know, I get all paranoid people. Nobody's watching me. But since I was young, I was just like, I don't want to look stupid. Maybe it's because I didn't want to go, oh, look, a girl. You know, she doesn't know what she's doing at the pump. I don't know if it was that, if that's where it started, but I don't like pumping gas. Wow. Weird one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh. Your fifth and final question okay. for me. Let's see. I got to think. Of You've th- had great questions, by the way, for them to not be prepared. <laughs> so I need this one to be a broader. If you could be of service to the world in one singular way, what would that singular way be? Wow. That's huge. To the whole world. Yeah. Uh, I think <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I would probably be involved in some sort of like and it's related to a smaller thing that I think is potentially possible, but like bullying, like something with like a oh, bullying campaign. Good. I think bullying is, um, it's hard, you know, it's like every kid goes through it. Yeah. Like I have my uncles that are like, oh, that's just part of life. Like it makes you stronger. And I'm like, no, it's just terrible. And like, it makes people literally hate their life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I look back too on things that like in middle school and high school or even college, like that I probably, that I did that would be considered forms of bullying and obviously didn't intend for it to have any of those consequences. Yeah. But I think too, it's like, it overlaps with like fat shaming. Um, and I grew up like, I still struggle with weight, like with COVID I'm up significantly. Yeah. Um, but like, it's one of those things where it's like, I think for males, especially there isn't a lot of awareness or like talking about body positivity for males that feel yeah, like I right. won't even go swimming in the summer. Yeah. You know, and swimming is like a blast. Jeez. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we usually get the better end of the stick on most things. I'm not like, I'm not saying like pity me, but I, you know, it's a, it is a thing that's like, that's an interesting area for some of your stand up, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. It's for sure something that I dive into. So yeah, I like it. Uh, My last question for you in this round, what is your most embarrassing memory from when you were younger? Oh my goodness. Oh, I was doing, uh, let's see, I was in fourth grade and I was doing a play at school and uh, I played Gretchen in Rumpelstiltskin, the princess girl. And it was uh, 
our first dress rehearsal, which was like at night, so exciting to be at the elementary school at night. And um, we had an audience too, our first audience. And my mom had given me for my gown when I was the princess, she gave me her honeymoon nightgown, which was just oh. like a nightgown, but then it had a sheer sheet thing. And I was out there doing my part and I looked to the front row and my friend Carla looks up and goes, I can see your underpants. <laughs> But here's the thing. The underpants I was wearing said, kiss me, I'm Irish. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) They were my grandma's. When my grandma died, I got her kiss me, I'm Irish underwear. And I wore them that day for good luck. And Carla, (laughs) I can see her underpants. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was terrible. Like fourth fourth grade, that's just not what you want. Yeah. And again, getting into those bullying years, because I feel like it starts around like third, fourth grade. Yeah. Brutal. Awesome. Well, thanks for playing five for five. Yeah. For this next round, what I wanted to do was go back to something you said earlier. And I know we talked a lot about like impersonations and impressions and how that led to casting and and a lot of the things on Mad TV. What I wanted to do was try to give you a scenario and a prompt almost and have you respond and give us just a little taste of what that would be like. So I'm going to do a little bit of combination here. I would love to hear if Gina from the 40 year old virgin were actually to post a video on her Tinder profile today. What would that be like? Name is Gina. He, she, it. I'm a pronouns. They, them. You can throw them in there too. Uh, not afraid to tuck my sack back if you will. And, uh, you know, in all transparency, I'm happy to tuck yours back for you as well. I'm helpful. You know, I'm up for any parade. Let's go to some parades. And um, let's wave wave the flag, among other things. You know what I mean? Love it. Love it. I would swipe right, for sure. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Do you have time to stick around for one more segment? Okay. We'll do the fortune teller real quick. So what it's going to do is basically underneath the four flaps, there are four different potential games. So the first thing I'll have you do to pick is if you would pick between waffle fries, sweet potato fries, curly fries, or crinkle cut fries. Sweet potato fries. Okay. For these restaurants, would you pick Chili's? Outback Steakhouse, Olive Garden, or Cracker Barrel? Olive Garden. (laughs) Olive Garden. Good pick. For the salad. When you're there, you're family. (laughs) Okay. The game that came up was this game called Ask Me Anything. There were four potential outcomes. So I'm going to pick up these cards at random from this game called Ask Me Anything. There could literally be anything in here. We'll do a few of them and then we'll... Okay. Have you ever seen a UFO? Yes. Wow. Do you want to tell us about it or no? Yeah. I mean, first of all, I'm a huge UFO fanatic. Okay. But yeah, I did. I looked up. I'm always looking. I'm always looking. And one time I did see, I looked up and I saw this light zoom and I could tell from the trajectory, you know, it wasn't a horizon situation like a falling star and just went shunk, real straight across, really fast, disappeared. I pointed up to where it was with my husband and we looked up and shunk about an inch away from its sky measurements. The same exact thing happened again in the same spot. Was this like in California? Yeah. Right on. How long do you leave dishes in the sink? Oh, um, I don't. Good. That's the only correct answer. Yeah. Watch them right (laughs) away. What is the best thing since sliced bread? Butter. No. (laughs) (laughs) Best thing since sliced bread? Um, Animals. Animals. If you had a giraffe that you needed to hide, where would you hide it? Oh, under my pillow. Ah, that's awesome. And if you could ask your pet three questions, what would they be? What's for dinner? (laughs) Yeah. Because, you know, it's her turn to cook. Um, (laughs) What else can I do to make your life more enjoyable? And where are you going to take me for a walk today? (laughs) 
Oh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> Put it back on her. Yeah. So this is the part, Mo, of the episode where the pressure is on. And in theory, this is like in the world of Facebook right now, Logan Cummins has sent you a friend request. Do you confirm or delete the friend request? Well, first I go to, no, (laughs) (laughs) I accept. That was so easy. Even though I flubbed your credits and all of that. Logan, I knew we were going to be friends the moment you reached out to me. Honestly, when you wrote me back, I could not believe my eyes. Honestly, it was like the best thing that happened to me. Oh, that's sweet. Yep. Yeah. No, I love. Well, thank I, you so much. I loved. It. I love the idea of your show and everything. I was like, yeah, this is gonna be fun. I like it. It's great. Well, I am so happy to have you as a friend. Uh, we will definitely go dumpster diving and get a sour cream gun. Yay! Uh, if you're in Chicago, let me know. I will. I definitely will, Logan. Absolutely. And can you tell our listeners where they can follow you or where they can like catch you know the new season of Fear the Walking Dead? Uh, Fear the Walking Dead. That is on AMC, uh, AMC Plus, and I don't even remember my handles on Twitter and Instagram and all that. <laughs> okay. That Mo Collins or... And we will link them out in the show notes, so uh, you can definitely check those out. We'll let you go. I appreciate you sticking around. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. Absolute pleasure, Logan. Have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Fast Friends Podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for an all-new episode. Go ahead and hit subscribe so you don't miss it. You can follow me on Twitter at Logan Cummins. And if you have a suggestion on someone that I should be friends with, go ahead and let me know at fastfriendspodcast.com.